welcome <laughs> to the Run a Show podcast. I'm uh, Travis Wolf uh, here with Christian Henderson. We have a hey guest everybody. in the house today. Uh, why did I say in the house? That's bad. But anyways, um, Michelle Puckett from G7 is here yes. with us. Greetings. So obviously, uh, for those um, who've listened to the podcast, know I, uh, I am also an employee at G7. So Michelle and I work together a bunch. Um, Michelle is our, um, as her title might express in her emails, she is the ninja of on-site <laughs> talent management and hospitality. Am I right in saying that's exactly what it is, or it's close enough, right? I am a talent and hospitality ninja. There we go. Yes. Yes. Boom. That's and it. As an agent covering many shows for my client that Michelle is on and working, I will uh, back her up in that ninja status. It is great. So yes. Yeah. You know, um, it's one of those things like the sun rises. You know the sun's going to rise because um, every a- after every show, I get an email from somebody throughout the sphere of the show who emails me and tells me how much they love Michelle. There you go. So she is a miracle worker. Yep. She is like this l- little smooth putty that like glosses over a lot of broken cracks <laughs> in the concrete. <laughs> And fills them very, very efficiently. So yep. uh, we are super excited to have Michelle here. Yes. So full disclosure, uh, another more full disclosure is last night was the G7 Christmas party. So yeah. there's a little bit of raspiness in both our voices. Yeah. One so of us stayed li- out much later than the other. We'll find out if we disclose that later. Um, <laughs> no comment. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. But um, so she is she's here in Nashville. She is typically based in Atlanta. And um, so we're super excited to talk to her. Absolutely. Um, so. Michelle, yes. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> How'd you get in this shit? Yep. So I started off as an intern. Um, I grew up in Maryland, so I started off interning for a record label management company and a booking agency. Um, so I started off on the talent side of things, and I interned there for a while. They hired me on full time because they needed somebody like me to come in and fill all the gaps and fill the holes. Um, so basically, I worked in the office and went out and went to a bunch of shows and talked to a bunch of people and networked around. Um, when I finished at that job, I left there and went into technical production. So I worked for a sound staging and lighting company doing the technical side of things. Um, I was in college full time. I was doing that full time. So I was working in their office and I was uh, managing their accounting and all of their office needs. But then I was also working as a stagehand on the side. So I would actually go out on site and set up sound staging and lighting. I learned a whole lot of things that I never knew that I needed to know, which helped me tremendously now in my job. Um, so I was there for probably four and a half to five years working between the business side of things and the production side of things. And from there, I went to University of Georgia and got my MBA and went back to DC area for a little while. Um, couldn't afford to live there anymore, so <laughs> went back to Georgia <laughs> and ended up in the venue side of the business. Um, so my, I've got two roles right now. I work in a venue in Atlanta. I'm the director of operations for a music venue there called Center Stage. And then I also freelance on the side with G7. And I was working an event with G7 in Atlanta um, with Stevie Wonder. And basically G7 picked me up on the side of the road. They said, we like what you do and we like the way you do it. So will you come and do some shows with us? And ended up getting contracted that year to do another like five or six events at the end of the year. And then it just snowballed from there. Um, I typically book in, I don't know, a dozen to 20 events a year, um, doing anything from working with speakers on site, just 
hand-holding and making sure that they're getting where they need to go to, you know, the bigger shows doing everything that's like the non-technical advanced side of things and then mm-hmm. working on site. So it can take anywhere from being on site for one day to being on site for weeks. Um, and I fill a whole lot of holes that just pop up and show <laughs> up. As always. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Always something happens. So before we got on, I said the one question I want to ask because um, I, I am one. I, I get overwhelmed very easily sometimes with a lot of stuff thrown at me at, at a moment and just trying to figure out what to deal with first. I think that does come from a, a little bit of a – I don't have your background but producing, but a small little one as far as a checklist and a task sheet. So my question to you is, you know, at very beginning, first thing on an event, first thing that you do, what do you handle? On site or in advance? Um, let's let's go on site as soon as you get there. I find the bathroom. There we go. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a question that somebody's asking. Yeah. Like, well, do, you, do you know which which way is the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? Where? Yeah. It's awesome. the very first thing. Cool. Uh, Typically, the size of my bladder just makes me have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I just walk into a room, and be like, "Where's the bathroom?" Yeah. Right. Find the exits and find the bathroom. I'm a there geriatric commercial, is basically. <laughs> what <I'm laughs> now, what about um, what about in advance? Uh, you know, say Christian and Rick or somebody gives you and says, "Hey, we're doing this show in Orlando." Um, you know, putting you on it. What's the first thing that you try and get squared away? It's finding out who the key players are. Got it. So the very first thing is finding out who who are your contacts, who are the people that you need to be talking to, and who are the decision makers. So who are the people that can make your job easier instead of going through circles of people trying to get directly to the person that you need to talk to. So whether that's on the talent side of things or if it's on the on-site event side of things. You know, I do anything from um, helping out with booking um, transportation and logistics and travel um, all the way up to making sure that people get where they need to go on site, um, understanding what the schedules are and the limitations of schedules and handling meet and greets. Um, So it's figuring out who are those people that are working in those different avenues so that I can get to the information that I need and coordinate everything the most effectively. Awesome. Um, One thing that that we like to try and do on this one and the show is just kind of tips and tricks of the trade and things of that nature. Um, So um, just uh, be thinking of that as we continue on this uh, podcast. But um, any one that you have specifically, like with regards to ground transportation procurement or on-site uh, catering or anything of that nature, any kind of tip or trick that you've found over the years that maybe you've learned that really helps? Find a ground transportation vendor that is national. Yes. Mm. So find one point of contact that you can call and say, I need this in this city. Yep. Make it work for me. Yep. And having a person like that is key. Yeah. So that way y- you're not scrambling around looking for local vendors. You're not trying to piecemeal something together. So trying to figure out where you can have just one-stop shops all the time. Mm-hmm. So y- if you've got a go-to all the time that is your ground transportation vendor that works nationally, you call that one person. Or you can call them for a referral for something else if there is something else transportation-related that you need. So if I need to hire runners... You know, where can I can I source somebody from them? Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Um, in terms of doing something along the lines of catering or um, hospitality, Instacart is my best friend. Ah, okay. <laughs> so being able yeah. to go on, s- being able to advance something, get all of the information. You know, I shop for artist hospitality riders, sure. and shopping all of that 
on Instacart in advance when I'm sitting in my pajamas at my at my mm-hmm. desk looking out the window from my house. Yeah. It's so much easier than walking around a grocery store trying to figure out should I Uber there? Is there a runner that can take me? Um, just not knowing what I'm getting into when I get into the city. Mm-hmm. It's really helpful to have Instacart or any yeah. other delivery service that can that can provide that for me. And yeah. that way I also know going into it these specialty items that might be on a rider, do I need to bring those from home? Mm-hmm. Or is that something that mm-hmm. I can get there? Yeah, It's not uncommon for me to travel with towels, wine, specific teas or chocolates or something like that mm-hmm. that people are very specifically asking for. And there's a something called a jet bag, which is essentially a giant Ziploc bag that's filled with a diaper. And you can fit a bottle of wine or bottle of liquor inside of it. And they're reusable. So I put those in my suitcase, and I travel with those all <laughs> the time. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. So, um, let's see. I think uh, other things, too, in general are um, – so we talked about how you started out, but you, you started out at a company that kind of did a lot of everything. Is right. that right? So right. Um, I'm assuming that gave you a chance to really see a bunch of different sides of the, the business. And from there, were you able to really kind of say, okay, this is what I really want to do? And because you saw all these different kind of sides or what so I knew that I always wanted to work on the business side of things and mm-hmm. on the support side of things I don't have musical talent to save my yeah. life there's there's no reason that I need to be singing or picking up an instrument <laughs> so I always knew that I wanted to work on the business side of everything um, starting off on the talent side I thought you know the talent side is interesting and then eventually I moved into um, the production side when I went to grad school, I thought I wanted to work on the business management side of things for artists. Yeah. And where I ended up was the business management side of things for a venue. For a venue, yeah. And uh, every once in a while, I, I stumble upon somehow like my admissions application from grad <laughs> school, and I find these essays that I had written about like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. Right. By the way, I haven't grown up, and nope. I still don't know what I want to be when right. I grow up, but <laughs> I'm just going to keep going down this path. Yeah. Um, so I, I had written about wanting to work on the business management side of things. And so that's working on the accounting side and the business support side of everything. And I feel like that's still a lot of what I do on site. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly what I do um, in my venue position is I work yeah. on the, the business side of things, working with the people and the money and the um, resource allocation. And that's still a lot of what I do now on site. It's working with the people. It's working with the resources. It's managing budgets. Yeah. You know, people don't talk about those ugly little bits and pieces. Oh, yeah. You got a budget that you've got to work within. And sometimes you've got to call and have hard conversations with management, with agents, with uh, tour managers, and say, you want an <laughs> arena-sized show <laughs> stuffed into a 400-capacity venue. So how are we going to make this work? Yeah. It's like our resources are only so big, and you're you're shooting for the moon. Yeah. So how do you manage that? Yeah, I'm I'm curious about this too. So, um, and I think it's changed a lot in our world and in, in the corporate private event space. But back uh, many years ago, I think that you know the staffing for a lot of the artists and crew, the road managers, the different people like that. Corporate world was still kind of an, uh, not an unknown, but it was just one of those things they did once or twice, a couple times yeah. a year, and um, and so they were kind of thrown out of their normal day to day. I think that's changed a little bit, but um, with you working at a public you know venue, 
um, and us knowing how small this world is, particularly with regards to staff and crew and road managers and production staff and things like that with artists, do you find yourself in, on a lot of occasions working with people on a corporate that you've had in your venue or that, is, that have come through a couple months ago and you, know, you guys are all peas in a pod already? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there that's was, cool. Uh, I think it was last year we did an event with Bleachers and Blink-182 oh, yeah. on a corporate gig. And literally two weeks later, bleachers were playing in my venue yeah. in Atlanta. So it, it was really great that you've already got that familiarity. Mm -hmm. And then they walk into the door and they know somebody that's there. And there's that level of comfort yeah. already. Um, there's always repeat performances that you end up like you end up with different tour managers on different bands, too, mm -hmm. and different crew members that cross over to different bands. Just a couple weeks ago, I was um, doing an event in Hawaii with Sting. The drum tech for Sting's band, um, like the the drum tech stays with yeah. Sting's crew. It, it's not uh -huh. like the band the the drummer doesn't bring their own tech yeah. for Sting, in particular. Um, come to find out, it's somebody that I've known for twenty years. Oh, awesome! He actually was in a band that. Uh, worked with the management company booking agency and record label that I worked with back in Maryland. So yeah. he was in that band. And then I came across him a few years after that when he was working with Herbie Hancock. Mm -hmm. And so there's just always this like incestuous overlap yeah. that happens. I think it's cool to, to say, cause I, I know on my end as an agent in sales, I think that it's very important to be able to, to know the people that you're talking to sure. and selling to. And it's just cool to hear Michelle say the same thing. And I, and I kind of thought that was going to be the case, but it just makes a day so much easier when you know these different people. So right. folks out there listening, I think, you know, uh, obviously there is still the value in the face-to-face -face and getting to know the people. And even going in and meeting people in non-traditional settings that you're used to being in, I think, you know, going to the local venue that's in your town or whatever, getting to know those folks that are there, trying to, you know, kind of pass some time, get to know these folks, because inevitably you'll probably run into them right. on something yeah, else. Right. And I mean, yeah. As big and sort of worldwide as this industry is, it ends up being kind of a little small town. It does, at times. yeah, and especially yeah. on on our space because uh, the events are always so unique and they're so different, and the requests are so much high pressure or whatever those kind of right. things. When you're <laughs> talking with somebody that you worked with, you know, two months ago at a venue, at the venue or whatever, like it just makes it much easier. So much easier, yeah. and you always have to keep in mind not to burn bridges. Yeah, right. It's really easy on a show day to be like, this tour manager has been a pain in my ass since day one. And really just be a dick all day to mm -hmm. that person. It's so easy. Right. <laughs> it's so easy to do that if you wanted to. Yeah. But you also have to understand that you might come across that person later. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe they're just having a bad run at that point. Mm -hmm. But you know, you've got to check yourself and understand that this whole thing is about relationships yeah right this whole yeah. thing is about relationships and the whole thing's bigger than you right you know if you're gonna throw double freedom rockets at everybody and say <laughs> screw you you're a cog <laughs> in a machine yeah 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 you're not double freedom rockets yeah. huh? <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> for those for those listening double freedom rockets is two middle fingers that just is saying, that is america right you, there <laughs> have you to everybody in that room 360 approach um, i like it but to, to the same sort Spoken of... Spoken like a true guy from Philly. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Um, but on a similar sort of tone, um, and I always found this way when I had to deal with tour managers, particularly before you came aboard, is um, there ended up always being this moment where you had to like show them your badge, so yeah. to speak, right? right. Yeah. They're hard and grizzled, and whether they're the 
new baby band and sometimes the new baby band is super appreciative that it's like hey we're putting you up at this five-star hotel give me the room names or it's the super grizzled like i've been here for forever kind of guy there always ends up being this moment where you have to show them you're gonna take care of them or you're not the novice that they think you are how do you handle those moments I do it in advance. <laughs> <There you laughs> right. Go. So it's all of that communication that's leading up to that day. Mm-hmm. And it's all of that that preparation right. that you've put into it. I mean, that's the key to all of this is a really thorough and good advance. Knowing what you're walking into the day of and having all of those I's dotted and those T's crossed. But it's constant communication and it's not dropping the ball. And it's being in front of whatever's coming yeah. next. So you know that you've got to book hotel rooms. You know that you need to get, get ground transportation figured out. Ask them the mm-hmm. question before they ask it to you. Mm-hmm. Now, I've also seen this in two different ways. There's the super casual, it's every gonna, it's going to be jockeyed through emails, or are you, are you like the form maiden? Like, what do you prefer to do? Send them the, the tour manager form-esque kind of thing and be like, fill this out so that I know what you need, or is it a constant, just more of a, a communication via email? It's always a personal and personalized and very specific to what they, who they are and what the event is. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fan of, I have my own lists of things that I know that I need to check off, yep. but I don't show that card to anybody right? because that's something for me, and I'm not going to just be that person that's like, here is a link to my Google Sheets. Yeah. Will you go here and fill this out? It's yep. too robotic. Yeah. And people don't connect with that. Mm-mm. So if you can go through and thoroughly read the writer and then make notes, ask questions, look at what the context of the, the conversation needs to be. So what is what is the event? Where is the show? How does this writer fit into to what we're doing? Um, and be able being able to ask poignant questions and going in prepared. Yeah. So you've read the rider, you know what you're doing, you know what the venue is, you know what the restrictions are, and being able to have that conversation that's very pointed towards the applicable situation at hand. Yep. Yeah. That's that's the best <coughs> thing. So that way the tour manager knows that you've looked at what they've sent you, you've got some type of context, and you're asking intelligent questions. Instead of saying, well, how many rooms do you need? You say, I see in your rider it specifies that you need this many rooms. Is that what you're going to need for this? Yeah. I had an agent once tell me, and and it still reigns true. He said, we don't get paid for I don't know answers. So (laughs) (laughs) so it's true. So, yeah. Right, right. And it's if I don't know the answer, I will honestly say, I'm not sure about that. Or that's outside of my area of operation. Let me check with, and I'll specify the executive producer, the technical director let me yep. introduce this to this person i also hate being a middleman mm-hmm. i'm going to put you directly in contact with the person that can give you those answers because again it goes back to who are the decision makers and who are the people that have the information that that can make your job easier get me out of the middle of it yep. and if you have technical conversations that you need to have let the tour manager t- talk tech to the tech guy mm-hmm. yeah get me out of it yeah just let me know that it's done yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's not. It's not another thing on our list that we have to keep continuing yeah. to talk about. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. I th- we're getting close to the end, I think. But um, aren't we? I think so. We got a there. few more minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, but we we do have those kind of bigger, broader questions that we try to ask all of our guests. Um, and um, I'll let Christian. You can intro it. Yeah. With so one, uh, we always like to ask our guests a, a few um, standard questions. 
um, what do you want to see change about your job? Meaning, like, how can we? How does it improve within the space of the industry? And how do you want to see the industry change? I think one of the biggest things that I'd like to see change about the job is just how people are communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of impersonal communication Ugh. right now. Yeah. Um, a lot of people just firing off these blanket emails and, and sending them to 9,000 people. It's like, have pointed conversations with people. Yeah. Um, but even to that point, it's how are we communicating and and where are we keeping the information? How are we keeping the information? And how can we share information better? Mm-hmm. And how can we make information more available to people to be able to do their jobs and make decisions and being able to share? Like if Christian has a conversation with an agent and I'm not in the room, obviously I don't know what that conversation was, but I might need to know information from yeah, that conversation. Sure. Yeah. So it's like how do we? How can we better share that type of information so that when I'm on site, I'm not going. Well, Christian had that conversation. I'm not privy to it. Like, how mm-hmm. do we pass along information? Um, and then how would I like to see the industry change? I really, uh, it's interesting. Until I started contracting with G7, most of the people that I worked with were men. Mm-hmm. I was in a very, very male-dominated mm-hmm. area. And now I get on site and a lot of the producers and a lot of the, um, you know, associate producers, a lot of the people that are making the shows go yeah. are women on site, yeah. especially with with G7 team. And, and uh, we work a lot with George P. Johnson. So a lot of those teams are very women heavy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'd like to see continue yeah. sure. is the empowerment of women in this industry. Um, and I just think it's a matter of women stepping up and taking the Mm -hmm. roles and taking the reins and not backing down from things. Um, And I also think that part of that is men trusting that women can actually do the job. Um, There are certainly times where I feel like people are just patting me on the head like, oh, they're their little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, Oh, hold up. Yeah, you just (laughs) need to have a couple more road dogs like yourself. Right. Yeah, I was about to say. Breaking that mold because what what we find, like, you can attest to this too, is like, how many male clients do we have these days? Which mm-hmm. is few. It's actually we have a predominantly female, like our head client, the yeah. person who's going to be our oh person, the email within yeah. the company, is going to be a female. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's wonderful to see it. And it has a specific tone to it that <coughs> is um, creates a nice um, nature of communication to it all. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, it doesn't feel... Um, I mean, I'm not going to gender stereotype, but I don't think there's as much heavy ego involved. There's a, a little bit more community, let's get the project done kind of vibe that was really, really helpful to see. Yeah. Um, and there's not this, like, I am the, s- I am the, s- the, the be-all, end-all of decision-making that sometimes comes with male, or at least the, the alpha male mm-hmm. um, client. So right. Yeah. Plus, Michelle on site is a bad B, man. Yeah. She's awesome. No. So she's great. Yeah, anyone that says they're there or whatever on site, like, they learn really quick. Like, yes. that was a mistake <laughs> or whatever. I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she can kiss you and throw a haymaker at the same time. Yeah, I remember because, I, I mean, one of the first ones, I think it was like, because inevitably the agent is always the last person that, that, that a producer has to deal with because they got to get a pass or something. And, and I always recognize that, that I'm always a pain in the ass on site because I got to get a pass or something. And Michelle, 
Michelle, like, yeah, one of the first. She's like, here you go, boom. And like, and I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm staying away. <laughs> like, yeah, it's good in a great way is what I mean by that. One thing but, to another. Yep, yep exactly. I, think, I was like, uh, she is in, she is on a roll. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. let her just keep on rolling and I'm going to stay out of the way. Here. And to, um, to keep complimenting Michelle. And I think it speaks to sort of a broader personality trait that I would like to see in the industry is someone who understands that, like, like she said earlier with the tour managers, just yeah. someone who understands that the other person is going through a thing or has the, those needs are purposeful. Mm-hmm. Right. That tour manager is not asking for that extra case of water because he's just being a dick. He yeah. needs it because someone else asked him, mm-hmm. you know, and Michelle's asking something from a client perspective because Hey, the client came to her and asked for yeah. it, you know, kind of thing. And I'll agree to that. And, and it's and getting and I love the fact with Michelle, you know, how she does work at a venue, you know, and and it's a and it's an environment outside of what sometimes our ho- corporate hotel ballrooms might be. But you learn and grow from those. So getting out of your comfort zone a yeah. little bit, you know, um, when I was at another agency, I didn't do a lot of comedy bookings. And in my current agency, we do have a great comedy roster. And so I had to learn very quick, you know, and, and go to Zany. I'd go right. to Zany's just on random nights just to kind of see the flow. And um, because I knew if I'm selling this comedian, I need to make the environment feel exactly like a comedy club. Well, I better go and check out a comedy club. What comedy club's like. So yeah. what it's like, yeah, if I haven't been there just on a nightly basis. And so that's one thing for sure. And I think that's the coolest thing. What I picked up on in, in our conversation here is that, yeah, Michelle comes to a corporate event with the experience and the, and the professionalism of knowing how to work a corporate event, but also knowing how these artists uh, and, and artist teams interact in their normal day-to-day environment. Because let's be honest, most corporate events are not their normal day-to-day environment. No. It's a club event. and um, But being able to, to just kind of know that, you know, this is what they need on a daily basis. I'm going to make sure they've got that covered. Um, cause it, so then it makes it feel a lot more comfortable for them in an outside, in, you know, in an environment that is not a normal experience for them. So. Yeah. I mean, how many times have one of the three of us been on a, on a show day that's just been absolute murder. It's just been the worst. Mm-hmm. But if you get that artist feeling great, and, yep. and they go up on stage and just wow that audience, mm-hmm. everything goes well. The client forgets yeah. about that sort of stuff. You know, the band forgets about that other stuff, yeah. and, and everybody in between is like, "Wow, that was a really great show." It's like that killed me. But yeah. yes, I'll, I'll <laughs> take it, it again. Works. I'll take right. it again next year. Thank Put you very much. Yeah. It's like my job is to make the show go. Right. That's exactly. the whole point. Like I am there to focus on the artist specifically to make sure that they've got what they need they're in the right spot at the right time because that show needs to go and that's from them getting on stage to the meet and greet happening to them showing up at the right time to being at the right venue mm-hmm. yeah there i've had that happen before where somebody went to the wrong place <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like okay got to figure out how to get you back where you're supposed to be let's get this train back on the rails there it is it's awesome all right yeah that's so. cool well thanks thanks for being here thanks yes, for having thank me you. yeah and um thank you all for listening um let's see hit them with the email real yep. quick it is run of show podcast at gmail.com yep. as usual hit us up with any questions uh anything else you'd like to hear on on the podcast we we definitely want to hear from you we want um ideas yeah, topics <laughs> guests you name it bring it to us um because uh, we're not that creative. Yeah. So. Need that hashtag content. Yes. Need that content. <laughs> That's so. right. Yeah. Bring it on for us. Um, thanks, everybody, and uh, enjoy your uh, week. Thank yeah. you. Thanks.